Hey there, and welcome to Above Board with Candor Path. I am the Rich B with my BFF JFK. That was a lot of ac- That was a lot of. That was acronym heavy. Oh no, I like I'm into that, that. BFF JFK. That's kind of fun. That was really fun. Wait, I want to say that again. I am the Rich B with my BFF JFK. Whoa, that's cool. It makes me feel special. LOL. <laughs> How are you doing, John? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. You know, we had a good um, good holiday weekend here these last couple of weeks, and we obviously took a little bit of time off on the podcast. So we're coming back rejuvenated and ready to rock and roll, right? We are tan, rested, and ready to make a difference on a podcast. So today, are you tan? Gonna... I am not. Do you feel I, like... I don't know. Well, we've both had skin cancer, so we both stay out of the sun. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> yeah, terrible. John, John and I live in Florida. He's 20 years younger than me. He's had like skin cancer surgery. I've had skin cancer surgery and facial reconstruction. And I still look like this. Like, do you think they could have maybe like looked like George Clooney or Brad Pitt or something? But no, I just have those a, are the like, those are the L.A. surgeons. We got the Florida <laughs> surgeons. We got the East Coast surgeons. East Coast. All right. So listen, today we're going to talk about something that we kind of think is pretty cool. And so look here here on Above Board with Canterpath on this podcast, you know, it, there's really no like set. There's no set agenda here. So we we try to talk about things from our perspective, from our lives, just as if you were hanging out with a couple of your friends, listening to them talk about stuff. And of course you can't talk back. So it's like you're in the backseat of the car and you're tired, but John and I are in the front having this really cool conversation. And so you're just on your phone texting people, but you're listening to us because it's sort of riveting. So that's, it's, you know, cool. what's riveting to me is just the idea that we could have a conversation in a car because right now, anytime I'm in the car, usually it's with my wife and we usually have the kids behind us in the backseat and there's no conversation happening. You, you get two seconds in and then it's like, daddy, can you play frozen again? <laughs> I mean, it's just, well, and the great thing about b- both of us and our kids is your daughter and certainly my kids, my, 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 I have a grown son, but my, the younger kids, the, the son and daughter, none of them lack the ability to talk. They're very like, like just, we just picked your daughter and my daughter who love each other. They're like sisters. Um, I don't think like when Ella comes over to play and I'm sure when Ava comes over to your house to play, there's never a time where I go, wow, the kids are really quiet. I wonder what's going on in there. Right. So, yeah. um, that's I, a good it, thing though. That's a good thing. Is, that's what we want. It is. We're never know? worried about them being quiet at all. So it's maybe always... someday they're going to have their own podcast where they do this type of thing. I, That'd be pretty they, amazing. If they did a podcast, that would be yeah. wonderful. We should have them on a podcast. Speaking of podcasts, let's do one right now. <laughs> I'm in. Do it. So D- John, you're the financial guru. What yes. does, what's day trading? And and by the way, this guys don't don't if if you're not into the finance piece, just hold on. There's a little there's a little trick coming your way here. Yeah, it's it's but, so much more than that. But but day trading by definition is a form of speculation where someone trades they they buy and sell securities within the same day. Uh, so there's not really like an underlying motivation that hey the fundamentals of this company is doing well or that company is doing well or we feel like this is going to happen. They're trading typically based on some news-driven event, something that someone expects to happen. It's it's speculative in nature. It's, it's trading on speculation. So, and and a lot of times it's people reacting to things, right? Like, as you said, so it's, it's people reacting to what's going on. Something happens in the news. Uh, you know, there's a, something happens in DC, Washington, DC. It's going to affect sure. the American market. If, if there's some, uh, you know, uh, n- 
major event in Europe, like we're seeing right now with this horrible war in Ukraine, it, it's going to affect you know different things. So the interesting thing is that it's sort of so somewhat of an analogy or or something for life. Because sure. in life, we think emotionally, we react to things that just sort of happen. And sometimes it does feel like, I don't know what the word is here. If it, not, I don't know if it's like we're out of control or that we're, <clears throat> we're just allowing things to kind of happen to us. You know, it's kind of like when you're in the ocean, like you're in the ocean and you're just chilling at the beach and the waves are coming in. And this wave comes in, you're like, oh, it's a big wave. And you kind of jump and the next wave kind of smacks you in the face. The next wave kind of knocks you down. The next wave's little. And you just react as the waves come. Certainly when you're in the ocean, unless you're Aquaman, you don't put your hand out and stop the waves. Yeah. But I wonder if sometimes in life we flow like that, where we just feel like we're sitting in the ocean and whatever's coming at us, we're going to react to, just like some people do financially in the markets and stuff. Well, I, th- I think the concept of day trading as it relates to the markets is sometimes an enticing idea for people, especially younger folks who are learning about the stock market and how things move and ebb and flow. Because this idea that I could sit behind a desk all day and trade securities and create a living around that, like that's that's definitely not impossible. People do do that. Um, but it's an incredibly difficult craft. That is a that is a difficult thing to do, and a lot of times there's there's been a lot of studies that suggest that doing all of that extra activity and spinning your wheels and constantly trying to day trade doesn't typically for the average person anyway does not result in greater than what it would have been had you not done that had you just stayed long term and stayed steady and focused. How I've always understood day trading or looked at it from a layperson's terms, and for our listeners. You know, we're going to make this more than about day trading or actual. This is more of an analogy or a parable way of looking at day trading. I've always understood it, John, almost as sort of gambling. At, at least the one or two people that I know that have done it, one of whom is um, in jail, and the other person who's not—he's just an interesting character. But I, none of no, nobody that I know has been successful. I'm sure there are people that are extremely successful at it. But they strike me as gamblers because when they talk to you, it's always, yeah, you know, this I there was this penny stock that was at 30 cents and I bought ten thousand dollars and it went up to ninety-nine cents and I made this X amount of money. And it's but they never tell you about the ones that bought them, just like people that I know who have had gambling problems. They always tell you about their trip to Vegas where they just couldn't lose, but they don't mention the trips to Vegas where they lost all day long and just we're in a lot of trouble. Sure, sure. And so is it somewhat, it's somewhat like gamble, right? Is that a fair, like layperson's oh, yeah. way of looking at this? 100%. It's, it's a very speculative thing to do. And, gotcha. and again, I, I can see where it's enticing for folks, but a lot of people even probably listening to this have, have tried it. Maybe they did it for their, themselves for a little while. And then they realize like, well, this is way harder than I thought. Yeah. This is not as fun as I thought it would be. Cause you're right. The highs are good. You know, when you, when you catch a good win or you have a good gain, that's fun. But like a gambler, like you also have to count your losses too. And there's going to be those. And so if you think about, if, if you kind of parlay this back to your life, like why would we, if we recognize, Hey, you know what? I'm good at what I do and I'm going to continue to do and be good at what I do and invest my money for the long term and let it grow and, and do that type of stuff and not day trade my portfolio. Why would we day trade our attention? 
Why mm. would we why would we day trade our emotions? So like the same way we understand investing for the long term, staying focused on the long term, we should be applying that within our own lives. So I love this idea because I think that a lot of times our culture is a very and I'm saying this with it, please don't don't anyone take offense to this. I was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder when I was in my 40s. So it took a minute. It took a while. Wow. For me. And again, like I was fond of saying, I was the only one surprised by the diagnosis. Like everyone around me was like, dude, have you met you? So um, when I say this, I don't mean this in a derogatory way towards people who have ADD because uh, as I, you know, how, as people these days like to say, I'm in the ADD community, you know, you're always, there's a community for everything. So, but I do think that our culture is very much a deficit of attention. Let's put it yeah. that way. I noticed this in my own life. I noticed this with these things. I'm holding up a phone for people that aren't looking. And I've been listening to so many podcasts and I think it was, uh, man, I do so bad with names. It, it'll it'll come to me in a second. But I was listening to this one one podcast. Oh, Simon Sinek, Simon Sinek. And, and he was talking about going out and people putting their phone on the table. And I even think about when the four of us, your wife and my wife and I, when we all four went out, I don't think we were all pretty engaged with each other, but there were moments like they went up to go to the bathroom or, you know, you and I, we might've picked up our phone or I might've shown something, but we were pretty engaged with each other, I think for the most part. But I do remember looking around and seeing a lot of people were always kind of somewhere else. And Simon Seneca yeah. was saying, you know, if you have to pick up your phone and talk to someone else, then that's not only disrespectful to the people you're with really when you think about it, but what are you, what are you communicating? Are you communicating? Well, it's almost like everyone has FOMO. Like, well, I'm with John, but maybe it's more fun over there. So I should text with them. And I wonder if like making that as a broader perspective, if that's exactly to what you said, how we are with life. Yeah. With life. Like we're doing a podcast right now. And full disclosure, it's it's you know, after working hours. So it's I, you know, work is done. That's when when we do our podcast. But my phones are still blowing up with people asking me questions. And I'm I'm finding myself looking and I just literally just put my phone and said, Stop, you're focus on John. So I even find that I'm 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 sort of day trading my time, I'm day trading my focus, I'm day trading my emotions. Because the next big thing, like, is there something really important that that someone's trying to tell me? And I wonder if, you know, there's so much, it, there's so much of a comparison to that, that that's how we function in our lives. For example, you're coaching your daughter's softball team and she's, you know, this little kid, I've seen some of the videos, they're so cute and hilarious, by the way. John has ninja reflexes because there's literally a video <laughs> of this kid swinging a bat and literally John jumps back and saved his, his, uh, my life flashed uh, before my eyes in that moment. Yeah, Let's just put that, it that way. That could have hurt. That could have hurt. Um, be honest when you're doing that. How's your focus when you're there with these little kids? It's all in it. Mm -hmm. it no, I am being honest. It, it It's all I in mostly you. because, uh, I don't have my phone. Like I, I, I might keep it on me like it's in my back pocket, but there is not even an opera. There's, I've got 13, five and six year old girls. I don't even have an opportunity to take a sip of water. Some games, like at the end of the game, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I feel like I'm going to pass out. Well, it's cause it's like 90 degrees outside and sunny and I haven't had any, a drop of water. Um, I like what you said about the Simon Sinek quote. And I'd like to go back to that and share something with you. I too heard Simon Sinek say that, or I read that in his book, 
maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the book that it I was read just is, on, it was just on Instagram this week. So it might've been like when you were scrolling on Instagram, instead of focusing on what you were supposed to be focusing on, like I was, you might have no, seen you, it. No, listen, the, you, I'm going to get to the point here in a second. The, I thought it was his book, which is, he's got a bunch of them, but Leaders Eat Last was a really good one for me. I really yeah. enjoyed that book. And I thought it has it was going to have everything to do with leadership and it doesn't. So that's kind of an interesting plot twist. But I heard that same quote from him and I'll never forget that from that moment forward, not even taking my phone and putting it upside down at the table. I really try to take it and put it in my back pocket. Obviously, like if something happens with our kids, you know, babysitter right. calls, like we need to be available. But that it, I, I, I never felt it that way until I heard someone else say it, which was him saying it's like the ultimate sign of disrespect to the person that you're with, that their time is not more important or equally as important as whatever you have going on on your phone. And yes, emergencies happen and we need that we need to have that level of access. But I, it, that's like a pet peeve of mine now when I see someone even, even like they go face down, like putting it face down is like a better sign of respect than having it face up. Like, oh, I don't need my phone. But you do because it's within arm's reach. It's as close as your water or your cocktail. Like you need your phone, right? So um, it's just amazing that you shared that because I, that for the last year, I heard that probably about a year ago. I tried to do that even at the dinner table and I'm guilty of making mistakes too. Uh, but I've, I've tried to be a little more mindful of the phone thing. I, I think this is something for me that I have to work on. And it's because my job is, which I love, uh, my company is on central time. So there's already that hour difference. So when it's like 5 or 6 p.m. for me, it's 4 or 5 p.m. for them. And a lot of people in my company then have been dealing with calls and work all day. And at the end of their day is when they're emailing me going, hey, can you do this? Hey, how's this for your calendar? Hey, can you make this call? And I, I love what I do and I, I am a servant leader and I, I am loyal to my company. So I do that stuff. But then also being on social media, and being on TikTok and I don't really Instagram. I'm I, I'm shrinking. Instagram's not going. I, I just I'm not clicking on Instagram very well for some reason. But even on TikTok, and I'm not really there either. But you know, I find myself looking, and it's almost too much. And and I've go, I've gone less because I put screen screen share or whatever is screen time on my thing. So I've made sure that I've cut down. But I kind of feel like I'm guilty of that. So we do have a rule at my house that at dinner the phone, there's no phones on the table. Yeah. When Dawn and I go out on date night, we put her phone on the table because her phone is pretty much only going to ring or buzz if it's the, like you said, the babysitter, whereas mine will be all the social media stuff and all that kind of thing. But I think that as the metaphor for life, you know, people pick on the kids, the Gen Z, you know, and like, oh, they're always with their nose in the phone. But I'm 54 and I do it too. You're 35. Happy birthday, yeah. by the way. You're Thanks. 35. You know, you've done it too. I think these things have been addictive little machines and people are addicted to them. Um, it's also probably learned behavior. I mean, they see yeah. that. I, I am, yeah. I, again, guilty of it and not a not by any means perfect in this realm, but I recognize that my daughter sees me on my phone and at some point that will have a negative repercussion. And, you know, we try, we try to do things like put it away in the evening time when we're having like the family time, you know, after work, after school type thing. But this all goes back to your point of 
why would if we if if and now some people listening to this might be like, man, I day trade my portfolio all the time, and then this this show probably doesn't land for them at all. But for most people, if they agree, like that's not a good way to go about building long term sustainable wealth and and good habits with money. Then why would we day trade our time and attention? Why would we day trade our emotion and energy? And the phone, honestly, like you're right, that's the culprit of it all. I mean, I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is grab my phone, get a debrief of the day, check the pre I I check the pre-markets and the stock market. I look at the headline news. I listen to my my Alexa, you know, flash briefings in the morning. Like I'm I'm connected and plugged in the moment I wake up, bouncing from one headline to the next, worldly news to local news, all over the financial market news to political news. Are we made to like receive all that? And that's what I was just going to say to you. Like I'm trying to think about, I'm I'm kind of maybe getting Darwinian here, but I'm trying to think about how we're designed as human beings. Were we designed to process this much information coming at us? Or were we designed to like process looking over the prairie for something to eat and I, you know, taking in the weather and being with our loved ones and Whatever. I mean, I don't know if you go back to, you know, Paleolithic. Is that a word? I just made that maybe. Paleolithic times, or if you go back to the 18-1900s, or you go back even to the early 20th century. But even books, I mean, I I listen, I read a lot. You do too. But, you know, I found that when I was in the gym, listening to music is motivating, but I'm bored of music because I don't know. Just There's nothing new that I like. And I've listened to all the old stuff a thousand times. So I'm kind of tired of it. I started listening just to podcasts and to books because I feel like at least I'm, I'm using that brain time. But then on the other hand, while that's great, what's wrong with just being present in the gym and lifting and just focusing on the lift and how my muscle feels and visualizing how I want to look. My drive from the gym today, I had, I'm listening to a podcast with Terry Crews. He's got a new book out. So he's been on a lot of podcasts and he's got a a captivating story and he's an amazing guy. And so I'm a little obsessed with Terry Crews right now. So I'm listening to this podcast. And on one hand, I'm convincing myself that I'm making good use of my time and I'm not just being in the car, wasting time driving. I'm using that 20 minutes to learn and to absorb, which I think is probably good. But then I'm sitting here with you wondering, how much time do I spend in quiet? How much time do I spend in contemplation? Yeah. You know, the people, great grandparents of ours, you know, they had to walk long distances, whether to the farm, whether to, to the factory, whether to the village to trade, whatever. And during that time, they were not listening to podcasts or music. They were singing to themselves or praying or thinking or noticing the weather. I don't know. But I'm wondering, like you said, are we are we day trading our not only our emotions, but our time and not being in the quiet or being in the silence for a minute, I think we're uncomfortable with it. Like, I think it's uncomfortable to sit in your car and not have the news on or not have a podcast going because I know that's what you do because I see you running, you have your AirPods in. And I know when you're not on a call, because you don't usually run on a call, but you're listening to a book on tape or you're listening to a podcast. I'm the same way. The other day I took my dog for a walk, John, and I forgot my AirPods. 
and I was like, and I was uneasy feeling. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, dude, it was weird. And then I finally just went, just be present with your freaking dog. Like you've got this beautiful Doberman. And I started thinking about Rocky, my dog that passed away. And I was like, how many walks did I take with Rocky where I didn't really talk to him or pay attention? I wish that I could take one more walk with Rocky. And I thought, you know, Vader's three. If, you know, Rocky died at eight, I might only have Vader for four, five, six more years. How many walks do I have? And then I got all up in my feelings. And then I realized on my next few walks with Vader, I'm just going to walk my dog. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's awesome that you shared that. And it made me uh, it made me think of something. I, I was joking with Jackie a few weeks ago and I went for a run. I had my AirPods in, but I didn't listen to anything. And I usually listen to a podcast. Um, sometimes if I really need that added fuel, I listen to music, but I had nothing going. I had nothing playing. And 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 I told her that to just we we're talking about stuff. And she's like, man, that's when, you know, like you're a real athlete when you can work out and listen to nothing. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's true because I'm a work in progress a, but for me, the way that when, when we started talking about it, I was like, no, I feel like that's when, you know, you can maybe finally, you find these moments to take control back of your time. And cause I'm with you, like I'm obsessive about efficiency, optimization. If I'm in the car for this stretch of time, I need to listen to a podcast. I need to make a work call. I need to, like, I need to be productive but to some degree and i think everyone has their own varying like level of when they hit this this you know threshold they can't really go past it it's diminishing returns to some degree there's a point of diminishing returns of being productive you burn out you get exhausted you're on information overload you can't make good decisions because you're getting so much information is infiltrating your mind again like I wake up in the morning, I check the pre-markets, I go on Twitter, I see the headlines of, of the day, I listen to my Alexa skill, I listen to a podcast on the way to work. My whole morning has been spent absorbing information and now how am I even supposed to make a decision with it? I have so much information. Well, I'm an information you know, overload. You, you've read the book, Tim Ferriss's book, Tools for Titans, right? Yeah. Do you remember, and I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, do you remember him saying there was one thing, just one, that all of them did all of, or if not all the tremendous majority, there was one habit, skill, activity, whatever you want to call it, that all of them shared in common. Do you, do you remember? I think I do. I'm going to guess as if I'm, I'm the person in the backseat listening to this podcast. I'm going to try to represent anybody listening, what that guess would be. I'm going to guess meditation. Yes. I got it. Oh, yes. man, on the first one, I should have gone he with another said, one. And, and I remember thinking like that is so – such an overlooked point of this book that every single person in this book – and these – if, if you all not ever seen this book or heard of it, it's ginormous. I think I have it on my bookshelf. I think I actually bought the physical book of it, not just the Kindle book. But – these people, and I don't, John, if you remember any of the people that are in there, but it's giants. It's amazing men and women who have done and achieved phenomenal things, opened businesses and started tech companies and created, you know, got Nobel Peace. Oh, my bicep, look, look at that. And I wasn't even trying to flex, bro. So That's I'm sorry. I just the cover I of this podcast. Just you and me going like this. Yeah, that'll, that'll, yeah, me, me, the 54 year old thirst trap. But that it's phenomenal. What? <laughs> Wait, what's a thirst trap? 
I just used an, a modern expression that my friend 20 years younger than me, a thirst trap. A thirst trap is somebody that's like a hottie that is like on social media or is attracting thirsty people that like, you know, like you would be a thirst trap if you went on Instagram and posted a picture of yourself without your shirt on and, and put well, like- thank you. That makes me feel good, but I don't think so. But, no, you okay, look good. I've I learned something new today. Look, thirst trap, look. yeah. The, 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 gen, the, the oh, whatever generation Gen you are, Z. Taught the millenn- Gen, Z. Gen Z taught the millennial something. Third, about yeah. Gen X, right? From Gen From X. Gen Z. Gen X taught a millennial a Gen Z fact. Bam. So anyway, wow. Like we're, we're really focused right now, aren't we? Sorry, guys. I get distracted myself by putting my arm up and flexing my bicep, which is just so stupid and shallow and embarrassing. But hey, what, what can we're I tell you? We're day trading our emotions. We're day trading our emotions. But um, what was I even saying? Hopefully you were listening to me. I don't remember. Man, that sucks. No, I was making a valid point and it was good. Um, I got excited about your bicep and then <laughs> we just, we trailed off. <laughs> oh my God. And the bad thing is when people listen to this podcast, they just have to go back, back, back 10 seconds. They'll be like, Rich, you were talking about this. I'm so sorry. But I, I think I was I was trying to make the point about the fact that we are so focused on these like external things with the running and all this stuff filling our time. But we this one oh meditation tools of titans. Yeah. That this is the one thing that all these super high performing people have in common. And it's probably the thing that I do the most inconsistently. I do it pretty inconsistently. Okay. Why is it so important? Because if you don't rest, if you just were, okay, perfect. Oh my God, perfect. I have the perfect analogy, literally. If all you did was go to the gym and work out the same muscle two hours a day, seven days a week, that muscle would not maximize. It would not grow. You'd get some hypertrophy, but not a lot. What muscle would you pick if you had to do that? I would probably pick chest. Yeah, same. I would. That muscle would not because your muscles actually grow when you're resting. Think about this. So God, the universe, whatever you believe in, creation made us so that growth happens during rest. Growth happens during quiet. I once heard somebody say, music is heard in the silence in between the notes. And it was this deep, like Zen kind of things. Music is actually the quiet in between the notes, not the notes. Think about that for one second. If all you heard was the notes, you would just hear bing, 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 like it makes. But those little, like the pieces in between where it's quiet, is what differentiates the song. So if you're saying somewhere it's the transition between some and where that you're hearing the song and Mm. it's a complicated thought process but when when you think about it it's not so maybe our growth personally our growth inter inter with inter with relationships our growth with finances growth physically growth however you want to look at it improvement actually happens when we do the run in quiet or we put on our calendar a 15-minute breathe and rest phase or whatever. Because, I mean, your calendar, my calendar, I know it's back-to-back pretty crazy. But I am definitely guilty. And I think on this podcast, I'm helping myself 
Yeah, same. Realize this. I've shared on the show before that I've been doing active visualization, something you've done a long time, something I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat new to. And I'm also learning that I'm a very regimented person. So if I'm like, I'm going to do this for 10 minutes a day, I, I got to do it, right? But I'm finding that even just in the in-between moments, so like you said, transition from one meeting to another meeting, what would I have used to have done is go to my phone, you know, check check text messages, um, yeah. headlines, market news, whatever, and get instantly distracted and pull a thousand different directions emotionally. Now I take that two to three minutes and I do this whole like active visualization practice. I know you do like a lot of breathing work, but I think the the point that you made is a really powerful one that at rest is when we can really recover, recuperate, and then find additional growth. Yes. And we're, we're convinced or not convinced, this is what we're talking through right now, but we kind of have it in our minds, like got to be productive, got to listen to that podcast. As soon as that's over, got to make a phone call. Like, You've seen me go out on walks. I'll do like put my weighted vest on, walk my dog and make client calls because I'm like, well, I got to do this call anyway. Might as well be productive. Might as well get time with Chipper and get him out on a walk. Might as well put a weighted vest on. And And I'm like doing too many things at once. It's like and a one-man band, like in the old days, you see crazy. these dudes with like the drums and the harmonica thing, and they're playing a guitar and they're they're hitting something with their head. I mean, it's if true. I grew up I in mean, the 1800s, that's probably what I would have that's done. That's what you would do. I, I but, wouldn't have been a cowboy. I, w- think, I wasn't talented. Well, think about this stuff. for a second. Like, just this this hasn't happened. But let's say, as a friend, I'm out and I'm taking a walk and I'm going through something tough, and then I see my friend John coming down the street, and I think to myself, oh. John's here. I need to run this past him. And as we get closer and I, I'm about to approach you, you kind of wave me off because you and you point to your AirPods because you're on a call or you're listening to a book. And then maybe that was the moment where as friends, I really needed you or, or, or vice versa. You see me walk in Vader, you're going on a run and you're like, man, I'm really having this tough conversation with Jackie or I, you know, Rich has been a parent longer than me and I'm going through this with the kids. I want to ask him about this. And then I'm like, like this, and I just kind of wave and like, kind of look, do the, you know, universal, like I'm listening to something, how much we're missing from, yeah. from each other, how much, we're, cause I'm pro, I mean, I see you for a run. I don't try to talk to you. I just, cause I, I assume always oh, listening to a book or he's, you know, whatever, um, and I just, you know, it's just occurring to me that we do that. And here's something else that I've learned along these same lines, but a slight sidebar is, you know, in a lot of these podcasts, people ask, what's your morning routine? Yeah. Right? So it's like, I get up at 545, I meditate <laughs> for 15 minutes, I drink three glasses of water, I have coffee with butter in it, I then go for a walk, I then write down the things I'm grateful for. I saw somebody. Bro, I, those are the things I try to do. That's what's embarrassing about you but wait, saying that. But wait, like, oh no, my God. wait, wait, wait. No one wants here's, to hear that. No, but here's the thing that I heard from somebody and it made me, because I'm like that somewhat too. Somebody said, sometimes our morning habits and our regimens become our superstitions. Oh. Like the baseball players, yeah. you're a big baseball person. <clears throat> they have their little twitchy things. They always get to lick their finger twice or knock on themselves on the head or go do a little dance before they're up to bat. Yes. And you go, why are they doing that? Well, I always do that. That's a, wearing my lucky underwear, you know, whatever the case may be. But I started thinking about, and, and they were putting superstitions in quotes, but it's kind of like we do these things. Are we doing them because they were truly getting meaning from them? Or are we doing them because we think we're supposed to do them? And if we 
don't do them, then we're going to have a bad day. If we don't do them, yeah. then we're not a high performer. If we don't, if I can't say to you, well, I went to the gym, I meditated, I did this, I spent 15 minutes of quality time, I wrote three thank you notes, I sent a letter to a mentor. I mean, these are all great things to do, but what is the purpose behind them? Are mm-hmm. we doing them because they've become habit or are we doing them because they really are important? Viktor Frankl. Those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. And I think sometimes we're so focused on the how we're doing things, we're not realizing the why. Yeah. You know, we're not paying attention to that. I don't talk no, to anyone. And, and, and how could you if you allowed yourself the way that I described some of my morning, you know, where I'm the moment my eyes open, I'm connected to social media or Twitter or the news or the headlines of the market. How could, you, how could you ever how could you or, ever allow yourself right yeah. or or self-improvement where I think maybe I'm a little better. I get with, with it than I used to be. I wake up and I usually have some water and a cup of coffee. And I usually have a rule that I can't open my phone until I'm like most of the way through my coffee. So mm-hmm. depending on if Dawn's home or not, or something, usually she's already gone. She's taking the kids and she's at the gym. I'll just sit there at the table. I actually stare towards your house. I stare towards the beautiful hedges that I see and they're beautiful and green. And I look at the butterflies in the butterfly garden and I just kind of sit and I chill and it's not really more than maybe five or 10 minutes, but I've started doing that when I want to. I mean, I don't make myself do it. I just do it. So I think when we think about day trading emotions, I think what we're doing is we're also talking about day trading time, day trading focus, day trading energy, day trading recovery, and day trading growth. Because I think a lot of the times you're a perfect example uh, as a businessman and as a dad of someone who is always doing something. Many of the people listening might be single moms. They might be hourly wage workers. They might be nurses. They're busy people. Most people are busy people. There's very few people that are just living off of like, you know, their inheritance and don't have very much to do, right? But I think that we're losing something by always trying to be, even farmers who are probably the busiest people in the world because they have to plant, they have to water, they have to fertilize, they have to weed, they have to cut, they have to plow, they have to do all these things. But even they have a period of time where maybe after all that's done and they've harvested everything and they've sold all their corn or all their potatoes or all their beets or all their wheat, where there's a pause. Maybe it's winter. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. Maybe it's a pause. Maybe it's, I can't plant seeds now. There's nothing to fertilize. There's nothing to harvest. There's nothing to grow. And I think at that time is probably when they think and then they plan and then they, you know, maybe look at buying new land or whatever. But I think there's maybe an example in life for there's got to be the planting, the harvesting, the watering. But even, you know what I heard recently, um, and and this is getting on, on the religious side of things, but there's wisdom here, whether you believe in a faith or not. So, you know, like in the Bible, like, you know, the, the story is that, you know, God made the world in six days and on the seventh day, then he rested. That's what everybody always says. But do you know what's something that people don't pick up on in that in those verses? With each of those days, at the end of the day, God said, and it was good. So I'm really bad at this, but on the first day, God made whatever, the heavens and the, whatever, the light or whatever. 
And then if you look at the verse, it says, and then God said, and it was good. We don't do that. We don't stop. We don't yeah. stop. And re- even God, right? God went, it's good. Like, oh, I did this. It's good. Now we're just like, ah, I forgot to do this. I didn't call this client back. I forgot to send this email. I, I didn't do this with my kids. I forgot to you know, spend time. And I think we're just going, 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 going. And we're so regimented that yeah. high performers become regimented to the point that it's superstition. We feel like we have to fill every waking minute with productivity. Mm-hmm. And are we truly making, are we truly growing then? Well, the same, you know, a different approach, but uh, it ends up with a similar result. Somebody who you had alluded to earlier um, is a trust fund baby, inherits a bunch of money, and they may have a harder time discovering their why because life isn't as hard for them now. But that doesn't mean that they're not still dealing with challenges and struggles. No. And most specifically, this whole concept of being inundated with information coming at them at all different angles, like it's it's still a reality. So I'm curious as we're coming to a close, what is like one, because I have a couple in my head that I want to share, but like what's one idea for you, Rich, that you apply in your life to create the space to have a little bit more focus and not be inundated with information and news left and right coming at you? I force myself if I maybe that's not the best word. I try to discipline myself or I try to make myself available when I have when I'm driving Luke to my son to karate back and forth. It's an 18 minute drive each way. Um, we don't have any phones and I just ask him about his life, his day, and I have these conversations where I feel very connected to him. Um, I'm trying to do that with my conversations now. So if I don't know if this is a good answer to your question, if I'm getting yeah. the no, it's not a wrong even answer. With, with I was on the road all weekend this weekend. I left Saturday, I didn't come back till Sunday. And when I got back Sunday, Dawn and I sat at dinner and I made a point of looking in her eyes when we were talking. Normally, like I listen, I nod my head, I look up, and I, you know, I'm pretty good conversationalist, I think. But I made a point of when I was eating, like literally looking in her eyes and really listening to what she had to say. And I found myself more involved. And I thought to myself, I need to do that more often. And Mm. when I was on the road this weekend and I was, you know, in a speaking engagement, I met several people. I looked them in the eyes when I was talking to them and really just was like, you're the most important person in the world. I ordered some coffee and the woman that was making me my coffee, I looked and I said, how's your day been so far? And she just looked at me. She said, pretty good. I go, you must have gotten here early in the morning. What time do you all start here? And we had this very brief conversation, but it was personal. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, thank you so much. You know, you're my favorite person in the world right now because you just handed me coffee. So that's something I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be very present in a conversation when I'm talking to somebody and I'm not perfect. I mean, I saw you before this and I went over to your house and you might not have picked up on it, but I was trying to look at you when I was talking to you. I wasn't just like, oh, la, la, la. Because I feel like that's something that will help me be more engaged with the world. Wow. What about you? Well done. Yeah. I mean, that's very aspirational. Mine is uh, is not the example I'm going to give. It's just more of like a practical tip. But um, And you, you know about this. So we can share a funny story real quick. But I, in the last four months, have really discovered the power of the do not disturb button on my phone. <laughs> and, and so there's like, there's a couple of different modes that I really like to use. During my work day, there's actually a mode called work 
on, on the iPhone. So it's kind of like the work. It's like a, that's the focus that I choose. So when I select work, I created some rules around what work means. So my wife can call me. Um, my business partner, Matt can, can reach me. Uh, employees can reach me. My mother can reach me. Like there's certain, there's like this group of people that it's either work related or very close family related that can reach me outside of that. <laughs> Rich. I don't get the notice, the notifications of the text. So Rich goes to send me a text and a lot of people have experienced this. I think this is like just a new feature on the phone. Um, but no, Rich, yours specifically was the sleep mode because it was like nine o'clock at night and I go to bed so early now. So I have uh, it on sleep mode, which is nobody can yeah. can get me. Um, and you know how you send a message to somebody and then it says, this person's Notice. phone is on silent. Send it through anyway. Yeah. Rich likes to send it through anyway. But he I does did. It for me. Let's he say past, me. past tense. I stopped doing it because I didn't. Liked I to. just thought it was an act. And my joke was, I just feel like... the. That you just would be so deprived of what I had to tell you. It's not fair <laughs> to you to not send it. But I didn't really realize what it was. I was like, what does this mean? Notify anyway. And then it was like, not like midnight or anything. But then after we had that conversation, I have not done that since. Not even But have time. you noticed other people's phone do that? Like I, I yes. know a lot of people that are practicing that now. Yes. And maybe they did it before. It's a new idea for me. And I yeah. love it because I just, it. I. it's not that I'm trying to ignore people's messages. It's just that I can't go from... I can't go from like being in a actively engaged in a meeting, trying to really listen to a client talk about what they have going on, and then get sixteen text messages no, you can't. from my friend you're gonna, group or whatever, you're and miss, I'm distracted. You know, when I was an ICU nurse, I was never on my phone. Yeah, because <laughs> somebody could die. Right, <laughs> I could make a med error. You know, I could miss something. I could not hear an alarm go off. I was focused on what I had to do, and anybody in my life knew if it was an emergency. Here's the number to the hospital. Here's the extension to the pediatric ICU. If it's that bad, I call the it. unit and say, yeah. hey, you know, so-and-so got into an accident or the house is on fire. But other than that, from 7A to 7P, I'm very, very focused. Yeah. Listen, I think at the end of the day, don't beat yourself up listening to this if you're like, oh my God, I do that. Because I think Matt and I are both at the moment beating ourselves up a little bit right now. And I'm I, I'm big on giving yourself- Did you just call me Matt? I'm sorry, John. Wow. John. I, I, maybe I miss Matt a little bit. Yeah, we love you, Matt. <laughs> love you, Matt. I, I was going to let Matt. it go. And then I'm like, no, I'm not I going to. I did call you Matt. I'm sorry. We, look, we get that all the time because we look and sound alike, but I didn't think I'd get that from you. So I just know that. You, I don't think you look or sound alike. At all. Not even a little bit. It's so weird. Have you ever seen the movie Twins? Anyway, um, it's just a joke. That's Matt's joke. I took Matt's joke. Anyway, I think John and I are both probably a little bit beating ourselves up. And that's something, John, please don't do. And I'm not going to do. I'm not going to allow myself to beat myself up because I haven't been present enough or I haven't been. I'm just thinking, wow, I'm having this little awakening moment where I realize that I need to give myself a little grace, a little quiet, a little downtime, factor that into my day be more present, look people in the eye and understand that every waking moment doesn't have to be filled with a thing to do. Because if I'm always reading, listening, watching, whatever, and I'm never just taking time to look at the clouds or breathe the air or notice how funny Vader is or whatever, I'm actually missing out. I'm missing out. I, I you're never going to read every book that there is. You're never going to listen to every podcast that you want. It's not humanly possible. But I think 
what you can do is be present for the moments that you have because those moments are super precious. Maybe there's a reason why the word present and the word present both mean somewhat different things and yet the same. A present is a gift that you get and the present moment is maybe the gift that we give ourselves. Well said, buddy. Listen, we appreciate you all listening to this podcast. We're very proud of what we of what we've accomplished so far, which is connecting to wonderful and amazing people. If you think this podcast is any good, please share it, like it, do all the things. But most of all, listen to it. And hopefully it'll make a difference for you because ultimately at the end of the day, that's why we're doing this is we're trying to learn as we go. And maybe if we pick up on some little things here and there, they might make a difference for you. So thank you so much on behalf of John and myself for this podcast here at Above Board with Candor Path. We are grateful for you. Pay attention to your world, be present in the present. And by all means, don't put your phone on the table when you're out on date night with somebody. Look them in the eyes. It's much more fun. You guys have an amazing day. Take care, John. See ya. All right, bye.